hello, hello. Welcome to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson, where I want you to be financially free, physically free, spiritually free, and mentally free. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for returning, our returning guest. I am glad to have you here. I hope you guys all enjoyed last week's episode, um, Kids and Money or Kids and Finance. Thank you guys all for watching. I want to thank my children, uh, Mordecai, Malachi, Sila, and Noah. I want to thank you for, for joining me. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot from you guys, and I will have some um, opportunities coming up here in the future for children, some resources and some courses and events for the children. So if you want your kids to be involved, just keep following the show and I will be sharing that um, here in the future. So today on the podcast, we will be covering, um, we're going to just talk about money and the economy, I guess, money and the economy. And it's going to be me in Orlando today. So I haven't done a formal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm back no formal introduction because mm-hmm. you all know Orlando by now the yeah. resident expert on on money and finance oh resident <laughs> I don't know about that one resident expert you've been here now for how many weeks are we at Orlando this is episode 20 episode 20 20 yes, weeks this is exa- episode 20 that's crazy hey 20 weeks all you need to know to be an expert there we go oh I didn't know that Res- <laughs> resident <laughs> expert Learn- learning new things every day um mm. so let's see This is why I want to have this discussion. So you've heard a little about a little of this before. I've mentioned it in previous shows. If you've taken my class, especially intro to Bitcoin class, I've discussed a little bit of this in the class. Mm -hmm. But we keep talking about things that are financial and all these other vehicles and systems and, and, and plans. But I've come to realize that America never really even teaches us about the money system altogether. Mm-hmm. So when we had um, Link and Brianna and uh, Kendall here, we talked a little bit about money. Brie had some great questions, but it right. kind of clicked that people don't really know our monetary system. They don't really understand. I mean, we understand we have a dollar. We can go to the store and we can buy stuff. Right. We can pay our bills with it. We can pay our rent. A lot of us don't know we're not backed by gold. A lot yeah. of us don't know we don't have a backing at all. So. Right. And we talked yeah. about that on the gold episode, but we only talked about that one little piece of it. True. True. So today, if you will help me, sir, mm-hmm. we're going to do um, a money lesson here. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of details. This is not going to be like a full historical dates and times and yeah, yeah. all that stuff. But I want to give just an easy summary. Intro to money history. Yeah. Okay. An easy summary. So people, if you don't know, if you know, I'm sorry, just, you know, skip the episode. No, no, no. Bear but, with us. Or bear with us. But <laughs> if we miss anything, put it in the comments. Yeah, because you know? this kind of helps with Bitcoin too. Right. So we, we're being pushed into this digital economy mm-hmm. and um, everything is tied to the monetary system. No matter where you go, you're tied to some type of monetary system. So, okay, let's just start here. Let's dive in. Okay. Let's just dive in. So I'm only going to go back as far as I could. I could go back way back. I mean, we could go back thousands of years, but I'm not going to go back thousands of years. We're going to start here in America, just Mm -hmm. in the United States. And we're just going to go back to where I did speak before um, 1933. 
when they recalled the gold and the silver from the, the individuals, from the citizens in the United States. So we're only going to go back to 1933, not even okay. a whole 100 years ago, guys. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. Even though the kids last week asked me if I had Wi-Fi when I was a <laughs> child, and then the children really offended me and asked if I had electricity. when I Can y'all believe that? Well, you know kids are ruthless. Electricity? Yeah. Let me just ask you this. I have to repeat this. Let, let me just ask you this. You didn't have Wi-Fi, but... Did you have electricity? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so yeah. we're going to go back now to 1933. And they even had electricity back then for my children listening. Look at even that. way back in 1933, kids, they had electricity. Right. But anyway, so what happened in 1933? What made 1933 important? That was one of the big shifts in our monetary system. Okay. So back in 1933, after the Depression, into the war, Mm -hmm. um, they recalled the silver and the gold. There were two separate acts, but they were back to back. Right. So they recalled the silver and the gold. No, we do. We want to go into why they did that. Yes. Okay. Well, and we want to go into how it worked because people don't even understand that. All right. Well, let's, let's do it. So, um, back before 1933, your dollar bills, twenties, tens, whatever type of currency or whatever denomination you had, was directly backed by gold and silver. Mm. So one note, they used to call them note, one monetary note would be the equivalent to so many ounces or grams of gold or silver. And if you saw the gold or silver episode with um, with Janetta, mm -hmm. she actually had a silver note. Oh, right. Yeah, felt, yeah. yeah. So Janetta brought on, if you want to go back to the YouTube, if you want to see it, we had, she brought in her actual silver notes. So they were dollar bills that's printed on the bottom of them. It said, um, this is a silver note, which means you could have used the bill or you could have exchanged it at the bank and gotten silver for it. And they would both spend the same and have the equal equivalents in, in currency. So when you had the notes, you could take them to the bank, you could swap them out for the gold or the silver, whatever was printed on your note. And they had fixed amounts. Mm -hmm. And then the war happened, the depression happened, and America, what was the reason? Do you remember exactly what the reason? I don't remember the reason. Um, that we switched over? Yeah. Or that they said they needed the gold and silver back. Other than the, the con of it. I know, they were, <laughs> I know they needed, um, I know they needed guns, I mean guns, gold to fund um, some war. of the war, right. uh, but I'm not 100% sure as to why we switched over. Let's look that up real quick. Okay. Um, but what they did was, he's looking that up. So what the government did was they had an act um, that said you have until this date all individual owners of gold. I think they did, did they do gold first and then silver? Okay. Yeah, I don't it was gold it. first and then okay. silver. So they did gold first. All individual owners of gold, you have until this date to bring all your gold into the bank and turn it into us. It is now going to be illegal for you to independently individually own any type of physical gold in your own possession. You have to bring it to the bank, turn it into us, and we're going to give you more notes mm -hmm. for that gold. So everybody had to line up and you had to get it from under your mattress or wherever you were storing your gold and you had to take it into the bank and you had a deadline. You had to turn it in and the bank gave you some more bills for your gold. And at that point, it was now outlawed. The bank 
clients were the only um, entities that were legally allowed to own gold. Mm. Um, and you could only shop now with these notes, with these paper notes. So that was, ironically, that was why. Um, I'm looking up okay. right now, and, it, and they're saying on, uh, which channel is this? The uh, Actually, history.com. Um, that the reason we switched was because of the Great Depression, People mm-hmm. started hoarding their money, mm-hmm. and you know, without a circulation, it uh, the bank is broke. Yeah, so <laughs> they was like, okay, y'all got to at least give us because we didn't officially, officially, with air quotes for people who were listening, um, didn't go off the gold standard until 1971. Right. Yeah. I want to go back to this yeah. first change, but as of yeah, and then we're gonna go up. This first change was because too many people were, were hoarding. hoarding, and so that caused what, the, what I guess. Well, the economy, inflation, the word yeah, I'm and for? when the economy yeah. stops moving, exactly, it has to circulate. And, and so, without circulation, everybody freaked out, including the government. So they were like, "All right, you guys, just give us all your money, and we'll figure out another way to circulate it." Basically, all right, yeah. So you still had notes that said they were backed by gold or silver, mm-hmm. but you couldn't get your gold or silver. Right, exactly. The bank could only; they were the only ones that could have it. Which I don't know how that works with circulation, anyway. Yeah, because if, if they're the still okey-doke. holding it, because <laughs> now they're holding it's not it, circulating you can't. anymore. I know the okie doke. Yeah, we're, that's that's, that's we're different. great at the okie doke here. Right. Um, okay, so they did it with gold. They turned around. I believe it was one year later, and they did it with silver. Mm-hmm. So everybody turned in the gold. You got to fix them out. Then they turned in the silver. You got to fix them out. And um, the first thing also that America did was the gold rate or was it one of the rates that they turned in was like 20 something dollars, like 23 or Mm -hmm. what was it? Anyway, it was it was a set amount per ounce that you received. Right. Well, right after they had you turn it in, the first bamboozle or bait and switch is they gave you one value for your gold and silver. And then as soon as they had it all in their coffers and had it secured. They increased the value of the gold. Right. So that's theft, really. Mm. I mean, it, it's legal theft, which is what we do. We specialize in legalized <laughs> theft. Yeah, but that's it's America. Theft. So they knew they were going to do this. They made you turn it in. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as they turned it in and they gave you pennies on your dollars. Literally. <laughs> then they literally pennies yeah. on your dollars. Then they said, oh, well, now gold is worth this much. Right. Which is twofold. You, you lost money instantly. So you turned in your gold that was really worth more and they gave you less. So you lost money instantly. And then it was kind of a double loss because if you try to turn it in after that date and get the higher amount, now you're illegal. (laughs) So Mm. now you're going to jail because you had a drop dead date that you were supposed to turn that in. So if somehow you showed up after that date with more gold and silver, I don't know how you had to explain to the bank that why you still had it after the date. Man, that's interesting that they... Yeah. The the things that were allowed. Well, that's what a law know. is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how law works. It works. It's made and created on the benefit and the behalf of very, very few people. Not usually even people, mostly, well, not organizations, but some people. I understand. So anyway, so that's what happened in the 30s. Uh, we still had notes that supposedly were backed by gold and silver, but we were not allowed to own the gold and silver. You could no longer swap it for gold and silver. And no matter if the value went up or went down, um, it was no benefit to you because you couldn't get it or own it or hold it. Right. 
All right, so that was phase number one. So now we're all walking around with fiat paper currency that is supposedly backed by gold mm -hmm. and silver that only the government is holding and nobody can see or access. Now let's move forward to 1971. Was it Nixon? I think yes. it was Nixon. Nixon was president. And um, I'm going to find the quote too. So Nixon is president and he decides that um, now the U.S. dollar, he's going to detach it from being yes. <laughs> backed by gold at all. So now it's just going to be just currency because it's currency. It's, it's currency because they say it's currency. Right. With, they, with the backing of. Yeah. It's really backed by the military at this point. It is yeah. absolutely. It was really <laughs> yeah. backed by the military then, but it is yeah. truly backed by the military now. Right, the right. Dollar is fully backed by the dollar, but it, it's it's worth this much because we have enough guns to say it's worth this much. Exactly. It's okay. now since that time the U.S. dollars are known to be backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, mm. legal tender for all debts, public and private but not redeemable in lawful money at the United States Treasury or at any Federal Reserve Bank. Wow. Who ever thought about that? Right. It is. It says right on there. It is um, not redeemable. <laughs> redeemable in lawful money at the United States Treasury. And this apparently is on the bill hmm. or any Federal Reserve Bank. So if you guys aren't getting this at all. It's legal tender. Right. But you can't switch it out. But you can't switch it out at the Federal Reserve or the United States Treasury. Hmm. Okay. So now instead of so it's switching it out, you have to buy, quote unquote, you have to buy it, quote unquote. So you're paying more for the value that you're supposed to have. Or am I going too far? No, ahead? I didn't get you. Say that again. Okay. Explain so to me what you're asking. If I have a gold. I have, a, I have a bill that's worth one ounce of gold. Mm -hmm. I'm not able to go give them that bill. No. But if I'm able to buy an ounce of gold, I have to pay more than that ounce is really worth. But what time of, frame are you talking about? Are you talking about back when they? I'm talking about in 71. Is, it, is, that, is that what we're talking about? Oh, well, here, you know, in 71, they had the gold. Okay. So, but you couldn't switch it out. Oh, but no, you no, could that, buy a gold a coin, right? Or not coin. Well, we need to look that up because okay. for a while it was illegal for you to own gold currency. Oh wow! So there's a date that they reversed that law. Mm. So we're gonna go look up the date because I don't know and when is the date that is. when the coins came back. Exactly. So for a long time, it was not legal for you to own any gold or silver coins. It was in 1933, 34, when they outlawed mm -hmm. you owning it, that stayed on the books for some years. Mm. So even though it still said it was exchangeable on the bill itself, it was not actually exchangeable, but it was supposedly backed by the gold and silver. Right. Because they had it. Mm -hmm. So it was not exchangeable. You could not hold it, but it was supposedly backed. Yeah. Dollar for dollar based on how much they were holding in their vaults. Okay. Okay. So we'll have to look up the date. Yeah. But you couldn't go buy it until they legalized it again. Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, so then when. And that was in 74. 74 is when they. December they, 31st. Okay. So really 
right January after. 1st, 75. And all honesty. So December 31st, 74 is when it was legal for you to own gold again. Okay, so from 1933 to 1975. <laughs> That's 1933 insane. to 1975, it was illegal for individuals to own gold or silver mm. in any type of currency. Okay, so then 1971, we detached the dollar from any gold backing at all. Right. And... Who knows what the value was, but it didn't matter because we couldn't, you couldn't, couldn't buy, it. buy it. You only yeah. had bills and you couldn't buy it. And then three, four years later, they say, okay, now you guys can buy gold and silver, but the bank has it all. <laughs> so right. you can go buy gold and silver, but from the bank, us, yeah, that we took from, from us, you guys. There can't, you know, and who knows what was happening with the mining of gold and silver at that point. Oh yeah. Good point. That's a good thing to research. I was wondering so. if. If you still ended up, if you still had a certificate from the thirties, could you then redeem it in in seventy five? I don't. Why not? No, hmm. probably not. It was illegal. No, in seventy five when it became legal. No, like if you, you had a certificate was, from the thirties. Oh, if you had, I guess like not. Just, I would stayed. still say not okay. because they detached it. Oh yeah, good point. It was detached. So, so now you brought it in. They said, "Well, this it was it's worthless." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we detached those two, so you just have a souvenir bill now. Wow. Worth your dollar. That's insane. Or worth your $20. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> so, okay. So now, now that bills are no longer attached to gold and silver, mm -hmm. so they're not backed by anything, people are not holding them. So now what happens? The Federal Reserve, which we know also, everybody, the Federal Reserve is a private organization. The right. U.S. Treasury is a government organization. Mm -hmm. The Federal Reserve is a private organization. The Federal Reserve owns the money supply. Literally owns it. Now, how is that legal? They make it. They control it. Okay, so we know that they were pushing this. They were pushing the economy to be owned by the Federal Reserve when Kennedy was president. Hmm. Kennedy refused to sign um give authority over to the Federal Reserve. That's not what he wanted to do. Mm. And then coincidentally, he was murdered. Coincidentally, right yeah. <laughs> the day after, two days after, whatever it was, very shortly afterwards, he was murdered. Mm. What, pre was it Wilson? I believe Wilson yeah. came in. And yes. Wilson signed the bill the next day. Because he didn't want to be murdered. Wilson came in the day after Kennedy was murdered, assassinated, and he signed the bill the very same day or the very next day. Wow. So that is when our money supply was legally handed over to the Federal Reserve. And mm -hmm. now they control all of our dollar supply in the United States. Wow. Yes. The things that they don't teach us in history class. But um, so all that I'm trying to get to say is now that the Federal Reserve owns the money supply. They can print money at will. It's mm. it's their rights to make money and destroy money as they want to. So now they just make money and they put money into the economy. They quote unquote stimulate the economy. They put they create more bills. They How control they, inflation. Basically. They do. They mm. control it. How do the bills come into the economy? Um, primarily, they go to the banks. Okay. So the banks 
I don't know, petition or they say they need more money. Um, the money gets doled out through the banks. The banks make the loans and everything else. Um, so that's almost, uh, what was it that Obama did when he bailed out the banks? When he went to go ask. Uh, what do you mean? What was it? He bailed out the banks. Yeah, but they what was made. it called? Um, it wasn't. A st- was it a stimulus? No, it was a bailout. It was a bailout. We okay. called those the bailouts. Yeah. Because he just straight up went to the Federal Reserve and was like, hey, we need more money. Yeah. Which I think so, is crazy that the president has to ask a private entity. private entity. Okay. So basically, the Federal Reserve owns the United States. I mean, if you just look at it that way. Are they? If they own all the currency, yeah, they control all the currency, then they own... Yeah. How do we function without their without currency, currency when right. our government says that's the currency of choice? Mm. So is that where the IRS? Oh, so also, mm-hmm. well, the IRS is for the government to make the money back to pay back the loans from the Federal Reserve. Mm. So because we don't produce anything. Right. So America really overwhelmingly does not produce anything. Everything we get is pretty much imported yeah. from someplace else. The only thing else. we produce is military force. So the only income we have, yeah. yeah, the only income we have is from taxes and paying interest to the banks. And, you know, our money is, our capital is made off of money capital. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. We, we don't have assets. We don't have physical assets. Right. Our money is from money, from more money. Our money is really from debt and interest. So America is almost a big bank, is what you're telling me. But we're in debt. Mm. So America, well, we are the debtors. I don't, I don't know how you would say it. Yeah. The reserve owns everything, and then okay, here, got everybody. Um, what's it called? The debt clock. Think oh debt clock. yeah. Work. I forgot about that. Yeah, so everybody go to, I'm going to go on my phone right now. There's a website. I think it's called debtclock.org. I haven't been to it in a while. It's a kind of a sad site to look at. U.S. National Debt Clock, real yes. time. It is debtclock.org. Debtclock.org. So go there, and this is an independent website. Is that that shows is that trillion? You, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. So it, it's, it's supposedly in real time. And it shows you all of the assets and liabilities of the United States of America. Mm. So how much money we are in debt, um, how many loans are outstanding. I have not got to it yet. How many loans are outstanding, um, average. What else is on there? It shows you go. Let me get to it. It shows almost debt. everything. Yeah. Gross domestic product, uh, federal, local, and state spending. You have to pull it up on your laptop. I don't think it works on the phone. Uh, Get me on the phone. So let me go here. U.S. uh, tax revenue, total state revenue, revenue per citizen, um, total local revenue, income tax revenue, all that. So get to the part. I'm logging in now. Get Mm -hmm. to the part where it tells you how much gold is actually worth right now, but what it should be worth, or silver. I think it has it on both sides. Gold and precious metals, let's see. Uh, see how I can do this. Okay, yeah, so Yeah, it's gold. on the, should be on the right-hand side if I remember correctly. I'm not sure if I'm reading this correctly. I can't even get it. Why is it, it's not even coming up. I'm Just Google it, federal U.S. debt clock. Okay. And it, it will pop up. I'm not on a private-owned computer right now, so that could be a problem. Mm. 
Oh, it's a U.S. debt clock. That's why. Yeah. All right. I'm in it, guys. Sorry about that delay. So I am in it, and I know where it is because I've seen it a million times. Let me go find the gold and silver. All right. So if, you, if you're if you on the site, it's usdebtclock.org. Usdebtclock.org. 24 hours always running. So if you go to the very far right of the screen, um, kind of in the first or second section, it says dollar to silver ratio now. Mm. $4,925 per ounce. That's insane. If the dollar had kept up with inflation mm -hmm. based on when the dollar was attached and backed by silver and gold, Silver right now should be about $4,925 an ounce. And it says the gold dollar to gold ratio should be uh, $35,262. Goodness. So if there wasn't manipulation going on with the dollar and there's also manipulation going on with the price, the, the, the cost of silver or not the cost, but the value of silver value, and gold. Yeah. Boy, if yeah. there was no manipulation and it just stayed on its natural path, right? We would be at $4,925 an ounce silver and $35,262 per ounce gold. And right now gold is at about, I'll look it up, probably about $1,800 yeah, per ounce. Yeah, last time we looked up, it was around 20, I think, last time we looked it up. Yeah, I know yeah. it went down a little bit, but silver was around $27 an ounce. I'm going to pull it up. Hmm. Silver was around 27, but they have, okay, here we are. Gold right now is $1,723. Gold should be 35,262 if there had been no manipulation. Mm. What do you say to those people that say manipulation is natural or needed? What do you say to those people that, that say that? Okay, well, why do we, why does the dollar crash all the time? Mm. I don't, uh, manipulation mm -hmm. should then, we should have no crashes. Mm. If manipulation is needed, okay, if you want to go with that, fine, I'll ride with you. Right. Why do we crash? If I can manipulate it and guarantee no failure, why do we have crashes? Mm. But if we'd have just let it take its natural course with no manipulation, we'd be at $35,000 gold instead of $1,700 gold, and we'd be at $4,900 silver instead of, instead like 20. of $25 <laughs> silver. Right. Mm. <laughs> so there's been some manipulation going. Okay. Yeah. been a lot of manipulation going because I, I know there are people who are um devout uh what's the word i'm looking for not economist but people who are like the government is always right you know uh, well yeah. and that's what i'm saying what would what, what would you say to those people I'm not necessarily saying i'm one of them but i'm just asking because you know that's I, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I, mm. I don't, I don't yeah. know what else to tell you that no, the government's always right. Yeah. We've already had a financial meltdown just in 2008, mm -hmm. 2007, 2008. So I, and, uh, were they right then? Are they right now? Like, and that's, that's where we are today. In a were weird... they right with the depression? Oh, great point. Like, you know, <laughs> and ironically, I've, I've, I learned this uh, kind of recently. A lot of the depression is tied to the stock market crash, but the crash, it crashed and bounced back within like a week. Like the stock market was right back to where it was before, before, the, and then the depression happened. So it's. But nobody had any money. Yeah. And I, and I thought that was like the craziest thing to me. I was like, how did, so you mean to tell me the, the stock market really 
didn't have that much to do with the economy for well, because what happens in a lot of these crashes mm -hmm. in every crash that i've known of and every crash that i've lived through mm -hmm. a crash is basically a transfer of wealth mm. that's what happens in every single crash usually the masses go under so the majority of people lose their wealth mm. gold and silver real estate savings investments whatever right. the majority lose but when when you when they lose somebody gains right so mm. when i'm losing something somebody's gaining something right so in almost every crash that i've ever studied the crash affects the middle or the bottom they lose but it gets transferred over to someplace else right usually the major corporations or the elite or the top 1% you know mm. whatever they call these people so every crash somebody is winning I mean, the mm. majority it, people are losers, but there's a lot of winners. I don't know what will signify as a lot, but I understand what you there mean. are winners. So is that why you say the Internet and Bitcoin and digital currency and what people are doing with Reddit is so important? Yeah, because mm. it's it's the people fighting back. Right. It's basically what it is. These are well, with the Reddit situation, it was the masses hurting the elite playing mm -hmm. the game that they created. The game they created and the game they've been playing on all of us all these years, it was just the people flipping it upside down and playing it on them. Right. And they, you saw the recourse. They did not like that. <laughs> they did not like their game being played on them and them losing their own game. So what do they do? They change the rules. We talked about laws and mm -hmm. who the laws are to benefit. So right. once they were losing at their own game that they made and created, they changed the rules and they changed the laws. And so that leads us to... Bitcoin and, and 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 kind of a little bit back to the two episodes from here, uh, eighteen when we talked about the future of currency, maybe uh -huh, future currency. Um, so with a transfer of power possibly coming very very soon, uh -huh. it is here. Expand on that. So again, Bitcoin is uh, decentralized. Mm -hmm. The Federal Reserve does not own it and control it. Neither does America, neither does France, Germany. It's decentralized. So everybody can get in whenever, wherever you'd like to, with whatever level you'd like to enter at. Um, the value, of course, is going to increase because there's going to be a limited supply. So as people continue to get involved, the value will increase because just because 10,000 people decide today to make their first Bitcoin purchase. Mm -hmm. There is not 10,000 extra Bitcoin that is Just created like the federal reserve can do mm. just because more people are, are, are interested. So what do you say to the people that says it can't be an effective currency if everybody's going to hoard it? Well, I've been seeing that a lot. That's why. Well, people, right. So, mm -hmm. and I, I can kind of be in that category. Mm -hmm. If you've had it and you've had it for a while, you realize the value and the benefit of it. So you don't want to spend it maybe frivol frivolously. Mm -hmm. And because we've been in a bull market and the, right, the rate has been increasing so much so quickly, it doesn't make sense. It makes no human sense for to me to... Bitcoin either spend it or why in the world would I swap out an appreciating asset for a dollar that is depreciating? You can argue with me all day and night long. The dollar is depreciating. Mm -hmm. I get people that say all the time, oh, this, then, but no, the dollar is going down. 
this is this is how you test the dollar because the inflation numbers are so manipulated from the government. And I just watched a video recently about this. Um, one of the reasons why, well, they don't want to instill fear, number one. They don't want you to know how much value your dollar is losing. So they make these false inflationary uh, figures, mm -hmm. but also because um, benefits like social security and things have inflationary clauses in them that they have to increase based on at least the dollar inflation and stuff like that. Well, they don't want to pay out more money and they always talk about they don't have enough money, so they don't want to pay out more. So they keep that rate down so they have to pay out less money. But anyway, if you want to do your own personal um, experiment, you want to look at the dollar value yourself. You don't want to listen to the news. Don't listen to me. I, I, I want you to do this. Uh, now it's going to take a while. Uh -huh. So let's just go with something really basic, something that does not. Um, we have to look at something that does not have a highly fluctuating supply demand. Mm -hmm. So something basic like. Um, let's say a pencil. Pencil or yeah, pencil, loaf of bread, something mm -hmm. that pretty much almost everybody uses. Right. So the simple way to measure something, I mean, it's so simple. And this, do it with your children. Make mm -hmm. it a game for the kids. If you take your kids with you to the grocery store, okay, if we use a loaf of bread or if you want to use his example as a, as a box of pencils, a dozen pencils, go to the store and write down or take a picture of the cost of the pencil or the bread today. Okay, this is the cost. Let's just do standard price. And even to make it more fair, stick to the same brand. Mm -hmm. Let's stick to the same brand loaf of uh, uh, wheat bread or the same one dozen pencils from the um, Office Max brand or whatever. Right. And then, you know, the prices aren't going to fluctuate that much. Bread will fluctuate probably a lot more and faster than pencils. But you want to go to the store every six months or so. Just take another picture of it. What's the cost of it today? Do it another six months. What's the cost of it today? Okay, so typically wheat prices mm -hmm. They do fluctuate because that is a crop so right. based on the weather conditions. And it could fluctuate. Yeah, yeah. seasonal weather. But it's wheat is pretty plentiful. Right. But we're going to say the same thing with pencils. Pencils are made out of wood. So mm -hmm. it's going to be the wood prices and all that stuff. But you can do your own um, your own experiment and just look at how the price fluctuate. Mm -hmm. It's not because typically because the wheat is fluctuating that much or because the trees are fluctuating that much. It's because the dollar value is fluctuating, fluctuating. that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's a lot of people's fear is that if they have, they see that the dollar is something that's not going to run out and it's something that you can just use as a, a currency. So I guess what the fear is, is that Bitcoin won't be an effect. I know it's not the only coin we have, but it won't be an effective currency replacement. I'm saying this with air quotes guys. Uh, because it will run out at some point. Would you say to people? So, with and that if fear? we were using gold and silver, it basically would run out at some point. I mean, the mm. earth, I guess, still creates more metals. Well, silver, gold is gold is finite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we have satoshis. It's mm -hmm. not just a bitcoin. You break a bitcoin down to satoshis. We haven't gotten to the place yet where people are using that term or more familiar with the Satoshi. Yeah. So you have a hundred million Satoshi. To a Satoshi one is basically like a cent 
Like yeah. if, if, if one I Bitcoin know. is a dollar, Satoshi's like a cent. Exactly. Okay. So that's a breakdown. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we're going to be heading. And it's already been created. This is not, I'm not making this up. It was already in the white paper. Right. But once Bitcoin continues to grow in value, we'll start talking more about Satoshi's. So, and hopefully I'm not giving too much away. Nope. Uh, so what you're saying is the Satoshi will be the currency and the Bitcoin will be the backing. No, they're the okay. same thing. Same thing. Yeah, Satoshi is a Bitcoin. Okay. So, yeah, you just said, so pennies will be the currency. The tradable, the, yeah. Exactly. It's the same thing. Okay, okay. We'll just call it by Satoshis. Mm -hmm. And it will, because people who don't understand Bitcoin all the time, right. they say that. Mm -hmm. It's not feasible to use Bitcoin because everything can't cost $57,000. That makes yeah. sense. Right. right. I, I can't go buy the loaf of bread that I'm talking about for $57,000 worth of a Bitcoin. Exactly. But I can buy it for... 200 satoshis which is a percentage a piece of a bitcoin that 200 satoshis can equal the four dollars or five dollars in u.s dollars right so yeah um i was going to say something else because we just found out we're recording this we just found out i guess yesterday mm -hmm. or maybe yesterday was just signed the whole uh stimulus Oh, yeah, it was just so, signed yesterday. Signed yesterday. I learned it from my daughter. You guys would not believe that. That girl learned so much off of um, TikTok. So my daughter came and told me before I even read in the news that the stimulus package passed and it was signed and the money's on the way. Um, so, again, what happens? They just print up some more money. They print up some more money. They're sending it to the U.S. Treasury or to, I guess the Treasury gets yeah. it. And then the Treasury is going to send it. IRS is going to send out all the checks to everybody that's going to get these payments. Um, supply and demand. What happens when there's a whole lot of something out there mm. with anything? Value drops. The value drops on anything. We're not just talking about dollars. We're talking about cell phones, cars, shirts, whatever. Right. There's a whole lot of something out there. It loses value. You guys have to realize the more dollars they keep printing and giving out to us with no backing, because they're not backed by anything, right. that we are just continuing to devalue the dollar. the dollar. I mean, I hate to just, because I want my $1,400 too. I mean, who doesn't want a free $1,400? We all want the free $1,400. Right. The problem is we have to realize that there's going to be um, a consequence to the $1,400 hundred dollars that we may or may not receive hmm. when you look at this debt clock it shows you the u.s national debt so it's got the number right here and how this is supposed to work is we are supposed to the united states government is supposed to pay back the federal reserve right so because we borrow the money from them so we borrow money so they're giving us the money to give to everybody in, in the form of a stimulus and then the government is supposed to pay that money back to the Federal Reserve. Now, how we are supposed to make the money to pay them back, I don't know. We're not manufacturing anything. They get most of their money. The government receives most of their money from us in taxes. Mm. So are we all going to pay $1,400 more in taxes next year? Like, how do they get the money back to pay back? the Federal Reserve. Now, of course, um, you know, we have other investors. We have China. We have other countries. We have the petrodollar. Mm. We do get money via other means. 
But those other means honestly shouldn't be financing our stimulus packages. Right. <laughs> like that. Yeah. I don't think that is how the other governments would like it to work. So do you think that eventually we're going to need it? Well, we know we're going to need another backing, right? Do you think that eventually Bitcoin or Could be the backing any of type of digital currency, whether it be Fed or... Well, that's what we, they talked about, the digital dollar, mm-hmm. probably the Fed coin. Um, yeah, but okay, I could see Bitcoin backing it. We don't have enough money. Enough money. We don't have enough information about the digital dollar or the mm-hmm. Fed coin. Is it going to be controlled just like um, the dollar? Are they just going to keep creating digital dollars? Mm. You can't back something whatever you back anything with, it has to be tangible. Like it, it has to yeah. be something. It has to have a finite tangible backing. Right. So whatever you want to back within, whatever you're backing with, whatever it is, it has to be a set amount. It'd be nice to be transparent too. Mm-hmm. You instill a lot more confidence if it was a transparent process or a transparent backing, which we absolutely have not had. Right. Um, you know, and they used to even print how many dollars. You used to be able to go and see how many dollars they printed every day, every week, every month. They took that away over 10 years ago. So we, we can't even see how many bills are being printed. Mm. They made that private information. So, again, there's not a lot of transparency. So I don't know. I don't know where we're going. But I just wanted to share that backing. One other thing I'm going to say really quickly is I want you guys to just keep your eyes open. Again, for those of you who live through the uh, financial meltdown of 07, 08, whatever the actual year was, um, you know, look at some of the similarities. Again, back then, the stock market was at all-time highs. And where are we right now? The stock market is at all-time highs. Mm. So know that those are about the same. The housing market was on fire. I don't know who was in the housing market, who was buying or selling back then. I don't know, you know, different ages are listening. But I was in the market back then. The housing market was on fire. I was still an insurance agent. You had people buying two and three houses at a time. They were flipping. You know, I was in Vegas at the time. People were buying houses from builders. So you were buying a house and, you know, with a lot of builders, the subdivision goes up with the phases. So they were buying a house. They were selling the house in the next two or three months. They were making tens of thousands of dollars selling a house. They just closed on a couple months ago. Anyway, it was a buyer's market. So people were bidding up, paying extra cash out of pocket to win these offers or win these bids. And it was a buyer's market. And right now we are in a buyer's market again. Mm. And interest rates were at all-time lows. So you could get these mortgages at all-time lows. Again, right now we can get mortgages at all-time lows. Um, There's been a lot of people doing a lot of work to their properties. Mm -hmm. Um, We have that happening again. Part of that reason is because the home values are high. So it's easy to get second or easier, easy to get second mortgages and um, uh, what's those type of loans when you just take ca- extra cash out? I can't think of the name of it. But it's easy to get these loans right now because your houses, the houses are valued high. Right. So people are doing a lot of additions, updates, and things to their lo- to their homes, which is similar to what was happening back then as well. So um, yeah, I just want you guys to be smart because a lot of people will tell me even to this day, 
you know, my credit has just rebounded from the meltdown from before. Um, I'm now just able to buy a house again because all that stuff came off my credit. I'm rebounding. And we have a lot of people that still are not working. So yeah, you know, we, we cannot underscore how many people are still not back to where they were just a year ago because of the whole uh, COVID pandemic. But um, yeah, so keep you keep your eyes open, guys, because there are a whole lot of similar similarities. Right. Um, also, something I wanted to point out, because I've been a little skeptical of this, these loans that they're handing out like candy bars, the PPP. The EDIL, EDLI, yeah. or and a lot of people it. are confused because some of those are grants, and some well, of those are loans got, with the same name, and that's messing a lot well, of people up. The PPP mm-hmm. starts off as a loan, but it can be forgivable. So if you follow the guidelines in the loan, you can actually have that loan forgiven mm-hmm. if you follow the process and complete the paperwork. You know I mean, before it was a loan, because originally it was a PPP grant. And then it became a loan. Well, and it's messing a lot of people up because they're thinking they're still getting There's been parts that grants apart, but no, it's not messing people up. People aren't reading the paperwork. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. Well, that because it clearly says in the paperwork what you're getting. It it tells you if it's a grant or a loan. So no, it's not messing people up. It's people are lazy and they're not reading the paperwork. And what did I tell you? Everything is in the fine print. Yeah, go to the fine print first. Mm -hmm. So no, now I'm going to defend America on that one. It's not messing people up. People are messing themselves up. Mm. So PPP is a loan or a grant, but you need to read through and see what you have. And if you're going to make it forgivable, you need to follow the guidelines. Right. EDIL, same thing. Or ELDI, what are, I'm saying it wrong, but same thing. Some of it was a grant. You need to know whether you got the grant or whether you got the loan. If you got the grant, don't worry about it. The money is already forgiven. If yeah. you got the loan, there's going to be repayment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... For that. This is what I'm seeing with my eyes. Mm -hmm. So we've got all these people already are complaining about student loans. They've got all this debt and the student loans and that those student loan, the student loan debt caught a lot of Americans. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of people in that bucket and whether we're getting forgiveness or not getting forgiveness, I don't know, but you got a lot of people that still owe money. Now people who may or may not have had the student loan debt. Now you got the PPP and the EDLI debt. Yeah. So now you got some people that have debt on top of debt. Got some people that have only one debt and you have the lucky few that have none of them. Right. But, uh, you know, if the market were to experience another rough road here, another crash, you know, I want you guys to be looking ahead. How are you going to handle these loans? Are you, excuse me, filing bankruptcy? Do you think America is going to wipe off the debt off your credits? Forgive the loans like they haven't forgiven any of the student loans yet. Apparently it's still on the table, but nothing has been done. And the student loan has been a problem for a long time. Right. So, guys, I just want everybody to keep your eyes open. Um, The bamboozle usually comes after the hype. (laughs) You get really excited about these things. We're all so excited about these free checks, these free money they're sending out and these easy to get loans because the qualification for these loans uh, look like they were pretty low to, to qualify, be eligible for them. Mm-hmm. But just be careful guys, because this is a debt economy. And if you are in debt, you are enslaved to the government to owing them money or these private loans, credit cards and everything else, you know, and they've already put locks on people's uh, passports, locks for child yeah. support, 
locks for back taxes. I'm sure there'll be locks for some of these loans. So escaping the United States may not be as easy as you may think it's going to be if you owe a lot of money. Right. So I just want to kind of put that out there anyway. So no yeah. more doom and gloom. <laughs> it just is, be careful. Yeah. It is a nice almost spring day here in Atlanta. I'm looking out. I think those are my um, lilies. Mm-hmm. I think those are my lilies outside are in full bloom. I've got nice, beautiful yellow flowers yeah, here. Yeah, I'm getting cabin fever. Yeah, no more fear. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not living in fear. I just want yeah. you guys to live with your eyes wide open and pay attention to what's happening around you. If you can pay off some stuff, hey, pay off your debt. Get out of debt. Yeah, no. But we're going to see what happens. So just wanted to give everybody that little history lesson here about money so we could understand a little bit better. I guess I could have gone into a lot of detail, but there'll be opportunities for that later to go into more detail. All right. So again, it is no doom and gloom. We are not dooming and glooming. I just want everybody to keep their eyes and ears open, pay attention, become a student of finance. Um, you know, Rocky Road, we've been in a Rocky Road the last month, but or last year, but it looks like we're coming out of it. So tune in next week. I have, I'm really honestly excited about some shows I have coming up here, guys. Mm -hmm. Very excited about some shows. I am going to have some shows that have been requested, special requested from many of you. So we finally have our life insurance episode on the record, on the books. I am bringing in my sister. Hello, Mm -hmm. everybody. I'm bringing in my sister. She'll be coming up on a um, very future, um, soon. Hello. Upcoming podcast. Upcoming podcast. There we go. With my sister. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. So my sister will be here. Um, We've got the estate episode coming up. So you guys have been asking for that. We finally have it on the books. And uh, thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate everybody. Like, subscribe, share, click, review, and everything else. Ready, set, free on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram. Facebook, YouTube, all your streaming devices, all your podcast streaming devices, ready, set, free. Me is the website. You can always reach me there. Thank you guys very much for joining us. Any closing remarks, Mr. Orlando? No, thank you for having me. That's it. Just, <laughs> you know, guys, continue, continue to support. We're looking at you, India. We appreciate, you know, all the Oh, India, you guys are India. off the chart. You were yeah. up to 40% one of the weeks. Mm-hmm. So just keep sharing and, and uh, we'll keep providing the content for you all. Yeah. So thank you guys for your support. I appreciate you listening to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. Bye-bye. Uh, 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 uh.